All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. <laughs> Not chocolate brain, that's okay oh, then. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> well, I have to say, I've got this chocolate cake in front of me. And admit it, Zama, 10 out of 10. Yep. Uh, Ndosh says 10 out of 10. And Tabi Singh is saying 10 out of... So this is a great hit. Well, I thank Tani Betty. So, um, okay. Um, sure, she was, a, she was a star, so yeah, it's so, so easy. Tell do. us about Tani Betty because you're going to have to give us the Tani Betty recipe as well. I think I've, uh, okay, I need to look, find it at home again. Tani Betty was um, like my, uh, my. But you haven't got the recipe with you? That's not, not yet, no. I have to. I don't normally. I bring the, brought the cake. I didn't think I had to bring the recipe. So Tani Betty was like my. Uh, they were, were family friends, but they were a little bit older than my parents. So they were more like my, um, th- you know, third grandparents. And they allowed us to eat whatever we wanted when we visited there. But Tani Betty used to bake like a machine. She had really the best cook sisters. Um, and then. So she really was an amazing, you know, you just whatever she baked or made, the meals were fabulous. And this was just an easy one that, um, you know, one of the things that she did. So, I mean, I remember one holiday we went down from Klerksdorp to Witsand, but I think we hadn't traveled maybe about 100 k's and we already stopped for Patkos. And then there was like leg of lamb <laughs> that was part of the Patkos. So it was amazing. So she had cooked the Patkos. Yeah, she, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a bit Patkos. So. Mm. My favorite going down on holiday is actually something made at home, not something bought mm. in the shop where you stop somewhere and you have whatever it's, whether it's a, a, ch- a piece of chicken or some salmis mm. or just some eggs or whatever it is. That's with your own coffee or tea. That's actually, for me, the best stop is stopping somewhere next to the side of the road with whatever you've made and the cars coming past and hooting. So normally I'll hoot mm. you know, when people are stopping next to the side of the road having something to eat. So that's part of the, I think, South African this lifestyle. This tiny Betty chocolate cake, though, is not a baked cake, is it? No, it's a microwave cake. It's a microwave Yeah, cake. so there's yeah. uh, water there, there's sugar, there's cake flour, there's uh, cacao, there's a little bit of vanilla essence, um, um, some oil, you mix it up, um, then you bake it, in the, you put it in the microwave for eight minutes and then another eight minutes um, to let it cool down. And the, the, the chocolate is basically half, 50% cream and 50% um, um, chocolate. So just uh, half cream, half chocolate that you, uh, some boiling, a pot with boiling water and then another glass container on there, melt it, put it over. But I think we're here for the motoring, so let's okay, get Okay, we're those. here for the motoring, but can I ask, because I was, <laughs> sorry, I completely forgot, but I, <laughs> that we were here for the motoring. Um, but I was, I, I was promoting it in a very, very real way. Um, you know, when we started the show, I said, get your pens and papers out because we're going to be giving the recipe out for Tani Betty. So I can, I can give it out from what I, from memory, but I, I have to I, I have it. So I've got a, I've mailed it some before to you. I'll have to look Ma- at it. You'll mail I, it yeah, to, to yeah. Ndosh and then we'll. Because I can, I can give the recipe. It'll take up the next 10 minutes while I think of exactly what I no. did. So let me just give you the, okay. the recipe. So you'll, just, you'll just mail it to us. So, and then so we'll in other words, sure there was a communication out. breakdown between you and I on what exactly I had to bring. So it was not only coffee and the cake, but also the recipe. I know. No, I thought that it was just like... Yeah, but you assumed it. I made assumptions. <laughs> Never, ever, ever make assumptions. So before we start talking about cars, mm. um, the c- question that come in, I might as well just crack it out mm-hmm. now. The 2016 Hyundai Tucson, um, someone is saying that when they drive uh, in traffic or stop, the aircon goes warm. And all the advice they've been given is to say, change the compressor. Oh, this is Robin in Limpopo saying, change mm. the compressor. 
But Robin is suggesting that changing the compressor could be 35,000. It's a lot of money. I don't know. I don't know where you get 35,000 rands from just to change the compressor. But, you know, if you're living in Limpopo, it's it's not known for the mild summer days. It's going to get quite no. hot and then yeah. you're going to miss the aircon. So I, I would start with the manufacturer. Um, so I would actually go to the Hyundai manufacturer, uh, Hyundai dealership and and uh, go to the service department and ask him to have a look at it and give you a quote. You reckon it is the compressor? I don't I think it sounds like it, but it's always very difficult, you know, from a, from a distance trying to guess what exactly it from could be. From a distance. There you go. Um, bit. Um so <laughs> middler. So uh, <laughs> This is what happens when I have too much when sugar. When you have sugar. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> So um, I would I would simply go to start there because you always have recourse with the manufacturer mm. if there's issues. You know, my cousin um, they they had a, a they have a polo a polo sedan and they had some issues and they just somebody said uh, go go service your car with this person. But this person um, every time they they fixed it they paid money. They ca- you know after a few days then the problem was back and they paid more money and more money uh, and eventually he was fighting with him um, saying well it's actually their fault and when they took it somewhere else the guy had been you know taking some wires and 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 bypassing things but unfortunately they had no recourse because they mm. um, they couldn't go you know, above the person's head because this is just his place so yeah. the garages a lot of the time you might pay more than somebody else but the benefit of, of is that you have some recourse so I'd start there 35,000 sounds a lot but I don't know what the parts would be or a new compressor would be uh, you could always go to scrap heaps and see cars that are, find a Tucson that's been hit from the back and the engine's still fine and maybe you can buy the compressor there for cheaper but it's still a little, a little bit of a risk so that's yeah. what I'd do so we're talking to Nicker, our petrol head, if you've got any questions for him, they can be about baking, whatever you, because <laughs> he's not only, your coffee, his coffee is excellent. You can SMS us on 41391 or you can WhatsApp us on 0614104107, 0614104107. Nico, one of the things we were talking about off air was the issue of um, safety and cars um, and how, the, in fact, there are many cars that are sold in the country that may not be completely safe. Well, the thing is, um, worldwide, if you if you buying a car um, in each country, uh, so in South Africa, if, if a manufacturer wants to sell any car, any model, let's take a Hyundai Tucson as an example, um, then the car has to be homologated. So they'll what first does homologated. So mean? they'll bring in a car, one unit, and homologation means that um, it has to have certain features. So you could drive on the road. It has to have indicators. It has to have seat belts. It, it has to have. Um, so, so in other words, it, it goes through basic tests, and each country's um, rules are different. So those are, are effectively the rules that allows you to drive that car on the road um, according to South African law. Um, and they actually it varies from different countries. As an example, in America, um, uh, they their initial homologation rules go back to, let's say, 1960s. I'm not sure about the exact date. But it required you to have two headlight units um, for, for the uh, separate light unit for the brights, which meant in America for a long time they couldn't sell matrix lights because the, the, the law effectively said um, that's not allowed. So they, you know, extremely good lights weren't allowed because the, the rules of the, ro- the, the country that says uh, didn't allow you to sell that type of light. So they had to almost downspec their cars um, with any type of matrix lights because the, 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 the country laws didn't allow them. So effectively, the homologation simply means that the car can be driven on the road and it has basic safety features, but those safety features aren't necessarily tested. Then you get different companies that, that then test or crash test um, the cars. For instance, the, the one everybody knows about is the European New Car Assessment P- mm. Program or Euro NCAP. Um, then America has got a, one that's actually pretty good, the, Institute, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, um, and they also crash test cars. So those two 
companies then independently crash test the cars. So you pay um, as a manufacturer, the manufacturers pay to be part of that. They buy the cars, they don't even tell you, you, you can't give them the cars so that you can't make the car stronger. So they'll crash a car and they'll give the cars a rating. But those are separate. In other words, you can find that, um, unfortunately, our currency isn't so, so the rand isn't so strong. So what, what then would happen is in certain vehicle categories, we'd sell the cheaper cars. Um, because, and the car, let's say the car's been around for a while or the technology isn't the best, but effectively it makes it more affordable for South Africans. But then the downside is that that, cra- that vehicle's crash safety is not going to be as good as, as any new car. If you take a 10-year difference in, in, in cars uh, and you then crash those t- two cars into each other, the newer car always ha- is better because they're always improving the safety. Mm. Um, the cars always just, they seem to become stronger and stronger and stronger. So it might be that you're buying a car in South Africa that you're driving on the road, but effectively the car isn't necessarily very safe if it's involved in an accident. So that's something that you've got to consider. Um, but, you know, a lot of people aren't worried about when they buy cars about safety. So uh, you're saying that there are cars on the roads that haven't been homologated? There's cars on the road. No, they've been homologated, but their crash safety isn't great. So all cars have to be homologated. Um, so every car that's sold here goes through the basic tests. Um, uh, and they, in other words, if you look at cars, the reason why they all look the same is because um, you can't, let's say, have the headlights above on the roof. The headlights have to be in the nose. They have to be in a certain place. I think in America, one of the rules is the, the, the indicators have to be orange. So there's, each country has slightly different ones, but cars tend to look very much the same because the, 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 the basic requirements say the lights have to be in that position. So your headlights have to be there, your rear lights have to be there. Um, the wheels, for instance, can't stick out of the bodywork. Um, so there's, you know, as an example, but that doesn't mean the car is safe in, a, uh, in any type of accident. And as a, a lot of people don't worry about crash safety. For them, it's about the design. And some mm. people like their technology or the, like, like the features. So it, it's not necessarily that something everybody considers. But it, uh, for me personally, it's something I definitely would consider. And I wouldn't actually buy a car that doesn't have a good safety rating because the roads are crazy uh, out there. And if you're all involved in an accident, um, the car always feels safe, but it actually isn't a safe thing. So um, that is personally something I consider is a safety rating for a car and I wouldn't actually buy any car that that isn't safe because I know the downside and then let's say you have a safe car just as an aside um, and you've got all the letters of the alphabet in the car uh, ABS, USB, YMCA, WWF um, they mean nothing if you're not wearing your seatbelt yeah. so you can have the safest car with the highest rating but your number one still the seatbelt um, even in the back of the car your number one's a seatbelt and if you're sitting in the front with a seatbelt and the guy behind you doesn't have a seatbelt they're also um, twice as likely to kill you because they're moving forward so you're strapped in your seat but the guy behind you is, is is a danger as well. That the same applies for kids. I see it quite frustratingly on the road. Parents strapped in the front, kids in the back without seatbelts. So mm. whatever your safety rating is, you're giving yourself your best chance by actually wearing your seatbelt. I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you put the icing on the chocolate cake after <laughs> it comes out of the <laughs> microwave? <laughs> so, so, so what I did is, as it came out of the microwave, it's quite hot. Then I put the icing on immediately, so it, it, it sort of melts into the cake. <laughs> I think the sugar rush definitely <laughs> makes it interesting in studio. <laughs> We're going to go to a break, and when we come back from the break, um, I do have some questions for you from our listeners. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. The petrol head, and always a delight to have him in the studio. Nico, he has a question for mm-hmm. you. Um, Ford consumes, does Ford, does Ford consume a lot of petrol? Is this myth or is this truth? And um, why have Ford recently started calling their cars eco, 
Eco-boosts, or would that be eco-boosts? Eco-boost. Oh, eco-boost. What is that? You know mean? what Ford stands for? For only racing drivers. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, it, you can't say um, you know a car uses more fuel, um, especially a manufacturer, because there's different engines, mm. um, and, and Ford has petrol engines and diesel engines, and you mm. have they have small one liter EcoBoost engines that are fabulous. Um, are they? Yeah. What's, it, what's an EcoBoost? So, engine? so effectively, um, manufacturers will have names for the engines, <laughs> so they can call it Frank, Jesse, but it's yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> Toby. <laughs> but it would sound a bit ridiculous um so they would ne- then normally give it uh, a name for their technology so um that one liter um engine that ford uses is actually a few years ago um and i don't know if it's still the case um but one world engine of the year in the, in this category is a one liter that one liter turbo engine is really fabulous so mm. it performs quite well and um that means because it's a one liter turbo you get good fuel consumption but um, fuel consumption is more linked to the size of the engine as opposed to a manufacturer. So if you are going to get a normally aspirated engine, so a non-turbo engine, they tend to work harder to move the body. So they probably will be a little bit higher on fuel. If you're getting a smaller turbo engine, mm. the benefit is that um, you're going to get good performance. If you're driving the car you know, mildly and not driving it hard, you're, you get good performance and then good fuel consumption. But if you're getting a, a bigger vehicle, um, you know they, they, are, they can be a bigger weight, um, heavier, my, my brother. Brother-in-law's got a 2.2 Ford uh, Ranger, um, and he told me that there's a great bucky. But the bucky, <laughs> he's got. Uh, I, I, he told me the fuel consumption. I can't remember what is actually really good on the 2.2 um, Ranger. So he, mm. he told me he's really got fabulous fuel consumption, and it's a bucky, but it was really good. So I, I wouldn't say yes, it's Ford and it's heavy on fuel. I would probably say the opposite. Um, I've mm. seen good fuel consumption, but if you're buying a big V6 petrol, don't expect good fuel consumption. It's just not going to happen. I read something about Ford maybe um, not pulling out, but uh, uh, just maybe not bringing in all the cars. No, maybe I, think, I understand to be correct. No, I think also you've got to look at the South African market and, and mm. say, okay, what sells here and what's popular? Yeah. And the manufacturer would make a few decisions and say, well, certain vehicles, just it's a lot of money to bring them in. They have to be homologated. We have to get special tooling if they need to be serviced. Um, maybe it doesn't make sense to bring them in. There's lots of Fords in America that aren't here. If you take mm. the F-150 um, Buckies or the F-250 or the F-150 Lightning, which is an electric bucky that I've told you before, that's I think that thing's fabulous. Um, so they don't. Are we, necess- go, are we going to get that? I don't. I don't know. Maybe Ford decides to bring in the F one fifty Lightning, <laughs> but even the F one fifty, they brought it in for a while and they stopped bringing it in. So in America, it's it's a very popular bucky. Um, and uh, well, I don't think they call it a bucky in America. But the point is that there are would be vehicles that we don't get in South Africa. Mm. Um, all manufacturers, or um, uh, well, not all, but a lot of manufacturers that have more vehicles in other countries, um, and their markets are different, so they have different types yeah. of vehicles. We don't necessarily get it yeah okay we've got a message for you which is as follows good morning michelle good morning to the team miko and the loyal listeners firstly congratulations to the jet set breakfast for um, being nominated as w- w- the best program in the country we pray that the jet set being headed by the able laughable michelle constant win that award secondly uh, nico um does car manufacturers have the same starting sound for every car or they differ from the brands let's say when you start a vw car or you start a toyota or you start a, maybe a renault car the sound that you hear is it the same as compared to every car or each manufacturer has their own sound is bramoro in bloemfontein <laughs> that's a brilliant question that is a great question so, so okay, before we answer Bromos, you didn't know this. No. Hey. So we were nominated for you best. You were nominated. Yeah, no, the team. No, the show. JSB, oh, you, you, the team. you, and yeah. the entire team, mm-hmm. you, 
it's the team. You yes, are the team. Yes, 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 yes. We were nominated wow. for Best Breakfast Show. Really? Yeah, Best Breakfast ooh, Show. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And Best Weekend Show. Wow. That's awesome. Ooh, ooh, ooh. When, is, when is the awards? Well, I don't know, but you're going to come. Hey? We're all going to be going. The whole team <laughs> dressed yes. to kill. Okay, Bramora's question. That's a great question. Uh, yeah, we haven't had that, that one before. Um, uh, because surely it depends on the engine. Yes, um, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of factors that eventually determine the sound, the size of the engine, the amount of... So the sound comes from the fuel and the air um, being ignited. So an engine, you mix fuel and air and you give it a spark and it goes bang. And then you have um, more cylinders, um, meaning more bang. So if you have three or four or more five or six, bike. more bang. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> more bang for your buck with more cylinders. Yeah. Uh, the exhaust has an effect to it. Um, so um, uh, if you look at uh, certain sounds like vrpa, if I say vrpa, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, I know, that's Volkswagen mm. with GTI. Um, and that is actually done by putting a little bit of a drop of fuel in the, you know, in the exhaust. It drops a little bit of drop of fuel that ignites and that makes a brrrp sound that the cars make. So um, actually all manufacturers have um, distinct and their own sounds and certain cars have very much distinct sounds. Um, and so in other words, you don't actually get where the cars sound the same. BMW with the M cars, they have a very um, sporty and, you know, mm. specific sound. It's like a E46 M3 um, and that... Um, um, three liter had a very very tinny sound, and then you take things like a Beetle. You, every, you know, if I you, we, we played the Beetle sound before, you, you know, yeah, this sounds more like a V8 Beetle. It's a, yeah. done a conversion <laughs> on that one. <laughs> But the Beetle has a, s a specific whistle sound. So the exhaust, there's a few factors that are all uh, that all make up the sound. So um, you really get uh, the same sound from from different manufacturers, and that's unfortunate. That the shape of the exhaust, for example. Uh, they, well, just the length of the pipe, um, the type of um, you know, if you have a catalytic converter in there, that's going to muffle the sound. Mm -hmm. The fact that the car has a turbo or not a turbo, if you have a turbo, it tends to hide the sound a little bit. So there's a few, there's a lot of factors that eventually um, make up whatever comes out of the exhaust. So. So um, the manufacturers want to actually have their own specific sound. Mm. And that's the downside. I mean, I, you know, as you know, I, I like electric cars. But the downside is they're a little bit soulless because they all sound the same. Well, they they, sound, they sound. sound like this. See. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not exciting. So the downside, and a lot of people say that, well, we're going to miss the sound in electric cars. Yeah. But I, I, for most of us, actually... We're not going to miss a sound. If you drive an electric car, the quietness really is fabulous. But that, that means that there's a little bit of soul missing from the car because part of the mm. car's character a lot of the time, especially a performance car, is the sound. So certain cars have quite sporty sounds. Um, diesel cars tend to hit, not have a nice sound. Um, but then manufacturers um, sometimes have speakers in the exhaust and on the inside no. to hide the diesel sound. Yes. So in other words, um, Audi's done that, for instance, with, with um, let's say, the SQ7 that actually has a speaker in the exhaust and a speaker on the inside. Actually, Actually, a few manufacturers do that, and it hides the sound of the diesel engine. It sounds like a petrol V6 or V8, where it's actually diesel. So there's lots of things that are done to enhance the sound or add the sound or change it on the inside. As I said, even with the speakers, speakers have been around for a while where there's actually a speaker in the car that gives changes or hey. makes a bit of a different sound. So it's very Even it's sometimes the front windscreen uses a membrane as a speaker so you can hear the sound inside. And we're so not talking about the speakers <clears> that people are putting in their boot. Like <laughs> yeah, not, not that at all. There's actually literally, as I take an example of that Audi, there's literally a speaker in the exhaust to create the sound on the outside. But as I said, even sometimes the front windscreen is used as a membrane to create the sound inside. So you hear the sound. So a lot of the time it could be the sound you're hearing inside is artificial to enhance the sound a little bit. So... 
Yeah, there's a. Jeez, Bramora, you've opened up a fantastic can of worms. I must say, it's it's a, it's a great conversation. Mm. I never melody of sounds, yes. Um, a so, melody of so, sounds. Um, and and of course, if you especially if you like performance cars, then you like the sound that they make, and that's yeah. the thing. Um, and that's the downside of Formula One. Those things are horrible. They sound terrible because they're little sixteen hundred engines. Um, uh, if you go back um, and you look at Formula One when they had V10 engines, those things were fabulous. Um, they, they were so loud your ears would start bleeding after a while <laughs> but that's fine because you love the sound so the old Formula 1s and the way they sounded that was great and the new ones that's what you're missing from them is the soul in the engines and that's what I really worry about is if Formula 1 goes electric I'm not sure I'm going to be watching anymore because half that excitement is the sound um, and, and mm. I think Formula, the Formula 1 have realized that as well so they're saying we'll stick to, to petrol engines but we'll go to biofuels um, to try and offset the fact that um, we're not going electric because there's already Formula E and that doesn't excite me as much because part of racing is the sound. I, um, so even if the speeds <clears> were, for example, faster, the fact that there was no sound that, would just, just Exactly. Um, um, my cousin lives in uh, Dahlstrom, and a while back he sent me a video, and there was this Nissan Navara, this, that off-road bucky racing, mm. uh, and just the video of the bucky coming from the front. But the way the thing sounded as it changed and like the, the bangs in the forest, that's just uh, my hair stood on end. I, I, you know, that's fabulous, and that's what cars are about, um, and especially race cars. You want to hear the thing coming. You don't even know where it's coming from, and it's just pops and bangs in the forest. So Poor forest. No, the forest survived. Um, <laughs> but the fact is, you know, that's a part of cause, the character, especially performance cause or race cause, is the sound. Okay, we literally have a minute left, so I'm going to ask you, can you answer this question? It's mm-hmm. about um, the bright blue-white headlights. Someone's saying they are blinding for oncoming drivers. Well, it could be that somebody's just put their brights on. So, of course, um, LED lights especially, the light is whiter. Um, mm. It's closer to sunlight, uh, and, and what you get is it, um, the color temperature. And the, 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 the whiter the color temperature, the easier it is for the people driving to see. But if that person's got his brights on, that, bright, th- that light is, of course, quite bright. Um, a lot of the newer cars would have a system where the, the, you have a camera and that when the brights are on, the car will switch off certain segments. So if a car is coming from the front, it dims certain segments. So if you're coming from the front, just where you are, the lights will be dimmed. But to your left and right, the brights will be on. So the latest type of brights, actually, the camera sees your car. But certain cars, it might just be that somebody's got their brights on and that's why it's blinding you. Uh, and then it's quite difficult. A trick I learned from a, f- uh, a friend at school um, um, when I did my license, he said, when you're driving from the front and a car's coming and it's bright, look on the, with your eyes... <coughs> on the left where the shoulder is so focus on the shoulder of the road um, so you not get blinded by the light and you can see exactly where you're going and once the car's passed you look up again and you can see ahead uh, the trick I learned was that you just flash your light <laughs> <laughs> Nico thank you so much for joining us excellent we wait for the recipe next week it's been a blast thank you it's, it's been fabulous 9 o'clock it's time for the news good morning